horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, what a big weekend of racing we've got coming up. And I'm bringing in two sensational handicappers and Brian Zipsy and Byron King. So let's see how often during the show I can uh, blow their names. Uh, they're just a little too close for me. Uh, but anyhow, uh, it, it is going to be amazing. We're going to go uh, Byron has been recruited by Kentucky Downs to be their odds maker. And he's also giving, uh, let's say, overviews of each race as far as uh, handicapping scenarios. So he's going to be zoning in exclusively on Kentucky Downs, uh, whereas Brian Zipsy, we're going to go on a tour starting out at Saratoga, highlighted by the Woodward. And then we're going to go out to Del Mar, the Del Mar debutante that's launched many a fine filly. And then we're going to end up at a place we seldom handicap because they just started back racing this year. Colonial Downs, the Virginia Derby, it maintained its graded status. So we're going to be all over the place. And just to give you a a reminder, it is Labor Day weekend, and of course, this show is a labor of love, but I'm hoping you get Monday off. Now, the races we're going to look at are primarily Saturday, uh, but then let's not forget that uh, there are there is some good racing uh, on, on Sunday, uh, highlighted by the Grade 1 Spinaway at Saratoga. These are two-year-old fillies. They'll be going for 350 again, a Grade 1 race. And uh, the Del Mar Derby is a grade two with a quarter million dollars on the line. Then you don't want to tear up your racing form because on Labor Day, we've got some good racing going. It's the Run Happy Hopeful and uh, 350. These are for the boys. It's kind of the uh, the twin stake for the spin away the boys will race in the in the hopeful at saratoga and also at saratoga the bernard baruch uh that is a grade two and uh if you follow the races out in iowa this is one of their big days labor day they really reel it in and i believe that they have seven stakes races out at prairie meadows for you so a lot of good handicapping uh, a lot of good racing to handicap and so if you're going to do that John, I just can't be everywhere at the same time. And uh, so come to Winning Ponies, the only place you got to go, and pull down the easy win forms. Had another good week. And speaking of some good racing out of Del Mar, uh, right on the, uh, let's see, yesterday it was a uh, 50-cent pick five and uh, paid just over $2,000 from the easy win forms. And about uh, six days previous, a $1 place pick all paid $2,007. Had some good wins at Gulfstream. Now, Gulfstream is going to have to batten down the hatches. We'll have to kind of do a wait and see with the big storm that's coming in on the Atlantic side. Hopefully, uh, 
nothing's going to happen, but they just don't know where this thing's going to land. Uh, but uh, we have had some luck at Gulfstream late, later uh, uh, earlier in the week, highlighted by a 50-cent Super 5 that paid $5,482. So a lot of great racing. Well, some very uh, sad, though not unexpected news uh, greeted us uh, this morning when we uh, turned on the old internet. And uh, Hall of Fame jockey Randy Romero has passed away at 61. Uh, those in the know know that he's been in hospice now for uh, se- several weeks. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of tributes to him and well-written stories, of course. I'm looking forward to finishing up Marty McGee's over at the Forum. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time was Casey's Shadow, and that was lightly based on Randy Romero's family growing up. Uh it was a Louisiana, you know, a trainer and his kids and, uh, you know, young kids riding horses in the bushes. Uh, so it was lately based on his story. But uh, I hope somebody just comes out with the Randy Romero movie because his life has been something else. Not only uh, riding in the bush tracks, he ended up getting the, uh, the nickname in racing as the Ragin' Cajun and uh, – he is. It was just an amazing rider, but he really did have his ups and downs. I don't know if you remember, uh, you know, back when you know people used to get rub downs in the in the jocks room, and they would put on um, uh, rubbing alcohol on the on their body. And uh, he was in the hot box. Randy, as you know, had a problem keeping his weight down. Being a Cajun, there's a lot of good food, and they like the good food, Johnny. Uh, but uh, he he went back to, this was in 83, the near-fatal sauna explosion at Oakland Park. It burned 60% of his body. Think of what it took to have your skin so taut after such an outrageous uh, incident that think of what a jockey does. He squats down, and he uses his arms and his muscles and his legs and everything's got to be moving at the same time with the horse. And meanwhile, his skin is restricting his action. <sighs> I can't imagine what it took to fight through uh, that pain. But they do think that he, somewhere along some of the blood transfusions he had, um, that he contacted uh, hept- hepatitis C. And uh, while the uh, blood transfusion saved his life, Romero believed that the hepatitis severely damaged his liver. And uh, just uh, 61, too young. I mean, Randy was the leading rider at 10 tracks on 21 separate occasions. Think about that. Uh, from uh, the late 80s, from 85 to 89, his mounts earned more than $35 million. And uh, for just for those five years, he ranked among the top 14 winning jockeys. Uh, it just... Uh, truly unbelievable and you just got to go back there's going to be a lot written about him but he was from Erath, uh, Louisiana started riding in 73 but he started riding when he was a very young man and uh, down in the bush track so he had uh, he had uh, you know plenty of uh, of experience when he did hit the uh, the major league and all I can say is you know uh, the, the race aboard personal ensign against winning colors in the breeders cup go back and watch it um i was blessed to be there uh not far from the finish line and 
you could just tell that uh, coming by the first time, Personal Ensign, who was going to keep her career record a, a perfect 13 for 13, was not getting a hold of the track. She was slipping and sliding and just didn't like it. Well, then Randy did something, like Steve Cawthon did in the Belmont with a firm. He did something to her that he hadn't done before, and he cracked her left-handed. And all of a sudden, she moved out about in the forepath and started to dig in. And even though it looked like winning colors lead was insurmountable, don't forget, she won the Kentucky Derby that year, um, that somehow Romero got personal ensign up, boom, to nail her at the wire. I mean, truly, truly. I I get chills just talking about it right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, he, he was a great rider and all the trainers he told, he rode for, will tell you that. Um, but, uh, he, he did have a tough way to go. I, I did get to sit down. Uh, it was uh, me, him and Chris Antley, uh, had uh, lunch together one day in the belly of the fairgrounds racetrack when I was doing a photo shoot for Randy Romero day at the fairgrounds. They loved him in Louisiana. We loved him in North America, everywhere. So sad to see him go. Uh, glad, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, it will be remembered so well for how hard he fought. All right, let's get that chapter behind us. Okay, so I don't miss it because I know we're getting tight on time. Let's start going over the the races uh, we looked at uh, last week uh, with uh, Ed Meyer and Eric Wing. We went through the whole Saratoga card, uh, the stakes races, and uh, they were some good ones. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll start out with the granddaddy of them all because it's no surprise. I've always told just one of my favorite races of the year, and that is the $1.2 million Run Happy Travers. What is it, Run Happy these days? Code of Honor, a homebred for Will Farish. Uh, got the job done. I believe that's four Travers wins for Suge McGahee. Code of Honor by... A stallion that Will Ferris stands, Noble Mission, uh, got the job done very impressively. And so uh, he's being uh, touted as one of the horses to watch as we get closer and closer to the Breeders' Cup. In the second spot, my pick, of course. And once again, I don't bother to bet him to place. Yeah, I was all in with the blinkers on, Tacitus. Uh, surprisingly, he chased... Uh, Mucho gusto around there. I expected him to rate more, but Ortiz, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that Ma put the blinkers on. Uh, he was just uh, up in the bit and decided to go chase Mucho gusto, but it didn't matter. Code of Honor got the job done over Tacitus and Mucho gusto in the Traverse Stakes. We'll rip through the card with winners only here. The uh, forego stakes, Matoli got the job done, redeemed. Deemed himself after his first loss at a long time in the Alfred Vanderbilt, where he hit the gate at the start and uh, just uh, kind of weakened late. What a redemption! Equal uh, set the stakes record for the forego, one twenty point eight zero, and amazing. And it was announced that he is going to stand at Spendthrift Farm. And you can lock in on them on one of their uh, good programs they have down there at Spendthrift. And I believe that uh, he's going to open up at $20,000 stud fee. All right, the grade one, kettle one. 
The winner was the favorite, heavy favorite, Come Dancing, who got squeezed at the start, went widest of all, and just pulled away Javier Castellano in the saddle. And then the H. Allen Jerkins, grade one, half a million dollars. It was a bit of an upset. Mind Control, who paid $22.80. First win of the meet for Greg Sacco, the trainer. Johnny V put in a strong ride. He had one heck of a day. And uh, then we moved on to the Woodford Reserve Ballston Spa. And the winner in there, significant forms, kind of stalked in third, put in a strong final 16th. Third win of the day for none other than Chad Brown, Johnny V in the saddle in that one. And then if you want to go back and see what I think will be in the running for race of the year, it was the personal Ensign Stakes, Milan and Eighth, Elate, Midnight Bizu, Who Do You Like? Well, you did not know. Again, Goosebumps folks can't help but say it. It was an amazing race, and it was Midnight Bizu and Mike Smith getting up. A late looked like he had the race won, she rather. Uh, but uh, Midnight Bizu, although she looks like she's about two hands smaller than a late, uh, dug in and got the job done. Money Mike Smith in the saddle. And then in the uh, sword dancer, it was the. Uh, Annals of time, getting it done with a big late finish on the outside. So uh, that's a look at the races we handicapped last week. We got a lot of races to handicap this week. We'll be right back with Ryan Zipsy. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right, and with me, Brian Zipsy. I was going through my, I keep a little separate book with all the handicappers I've had on the show. And uh, though I've had Brian on quite a bit, I realized, hey, it's been a bit of a hiatus. I'm going to call him up and see if he wants to be on the show. And he graciously, graciously accepted. Brian, how you been? What you been doing? Been waiting for your call for months now. I, I, I didn't know what happened. I thought maybe I got uh, on your bad side somehow, but uh, always happy to be here on with you. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, when we last spoke, you were putting together a bit of a horse syndicate. How's that rolling? It's rolling. You know, it, it's not an easy business. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but it's not an easy business. We've had a few setbacks here and there, but uh, uh, pain is my gain. Our uh, three-year-old son of uh, Chop Shot just ran second in a maiden special weight on the grass uh, over at Beltara Park up your way. So uh, it was a good uh, good effort, and, and the partners were happy with that. So uh, we uh, we keep on keeping on, as they say. Well, I'll tell you what, those maiden specials on the grass there, just because it's right there on the Ohio River into Kentucky, they come up pretty tough. So running second in one of those is uh, a pretty good way to go. You, you'll run into some tough horses, I can tell you that. Um, yeah. Now, now I, I called you in because uh, there's just so much good racing. It's Labor Day weekend. And I just thought, well, I'll, I'll put uh, the – uh, his feet to the fire and make sure that he hasn't forgotten how to handicap. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you, we'll start out with the Saratoga races I think I gave you to look at, and uh, we'll see what your, your input is, starting with the historic Woodward Stakes, grade one, $750,000 on the line. And uh, this is a tough field to separate, in my opinion. Now, it looks like you know, Yoshida is going to get attention. Uh, Vino Rosso will get attention. And a lot of people are touting the horse for course, Tom's De Tot. Well, you're, you're going to have one more person touting Tom's De Tot, John. <laughs> uh, horse for course, he's three for three. He's done it uh, in consecutive years now where he's come to Saratoga and run really good races. I think this race also sets up from uh, for him a little bit uh, from a tactical standpoint. I, I expect the New York bred Mr. Buff to head to the lead from the rail. And uh, it looks like Preservationist and Tom's Day Todd are really the only two horses with, with a lot of natural speed to kind of uh, uh, stalk him early. I think Mr. Buff, while maybe a little bit dangerous, uh, as, as maybe a 10-to-1 shot from the rail on the lead, uh, probably is cut below the rest. And I think Tom Staitot, you know, this is a horse who's always had a lot of talent, hasn't been able to stay healthy for long periods of time. I, I think he's finally going better than ever now from a health and racing standpoint. He likes Saratoga. I'm a little bit dubious, John. He, he's listed as the fourth choice, although it's only four to one on the morning line. I, I think people are talking a little bit more about him. I, I kind of see him being the second choice behind Yoshida. But like you said, it's kind of a wide-open race. And, and hey, if we get three to, three or four to one on Tom Say Todd, Irad Ortiz, stalking uh, from the outside post, I, I really do like him in this spot. You know, Yoshida's run two very good races at Saratoga on dirt in his limited dirt career. So he, he's a legitimate favorite, but he doesn't have much speed at all. I think Tom Say Todd can get the jump on him, and I think he can get the job done in the Woodward. 
Yeah, you know, looking at the past performance of, of Yoshida, <laughs> you see that he's 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 only hit the board once this year, okay? But let's talk about the company he keeps. Four starts, one second place finish, he's earned seven hundred and eighty one thousand. <laughs> That's Not bad work if you could get it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he, he certainly has run in some rich races, especially earlier this year. Tom Staitot did beat him at Churchill, though, uh, not that long ago. And, and I think these two horses are both horses who, who like Saratoga. Uh, obviously, there's some others in here who, who uh, merit a chance, too. But I, I think if Tom Staitot beats Yoshida, he's got a really good shot to win this race. All right, moving along, we're with, we're with Brian Zipsy, a man who wears many hats in the racing world. Well, I didn't want to get away from Saratoga without picking one more race while I had you. It's a, it's a sprint race, but it's a grade two with a quarter million on the line. Uh, it is the Prioress, and uh, I, I don't think you'll be able to break even if you bet on break even uh, to win. Yeah, break even, John, is listed at one to two on the morning line. You don't see that a lot in graded stakes no, racing. I don't have uh, odds in front of me, but I figured it would be something like that, yeah. Yeah, well, she's she's uh, six for six, I believe. She's undefeated, and uh, she's run some really big races. Uh, Churchill Downs, Kentucky Derby weekend. She was one of the more impressive horses uh, uh, that raced that weekend. Of course, that's a huge weekend, and... Yeah, this this has not come up as a uh, terribly, terribly uh, deep or strong division of the Prioress, addition of the Prioress, that is. So uh, they got Risky Mandate as the second choice, who's two for two for trainer Tom Amos. Royal Charlotte coming out of a poor performance at the test where she was bet, but she was no match for Kofefi that day. Uh, it really does look like break is going to be tough to beat. Uh, I, I don't want to tout a one to two shot, but honestly, I, I have to be honest with you, John. I'm always honest with you. Uh, I think she's she's a likely winner. Maybe there's some money trying to get uh, a, an exactor or trifecta in here, and I kind of think the horse on the rail south of France. She's listed at twenty to one. Uh, she had a layoff. She came back with a pretty good effort. I, I think a better effort than it even looks like on paper for uh, trainer Todd Pletcher. South of France, maybe get her second or third underneath break even in the exact or the trifecta, and maybe you got some something to look forward to on the uh, when the payouts come out. Absolutely, and the field's small enough that you can all all the super if you you feel like you want to do it. All right, let's uh, let's start creeping towards the West Coast, and we'll start with uh, a race we haven't seen in a while, and that is the. Kent County, Virginia Derby still has his uh, grading, a uh, grade three, quarter million dollars there. And uh, this is, you know, because the meet is so brief, it obviously brings in horses from everywhere. It just makes it a real handicapping challenge. It does. And uh, first off, let me say it, it's really nice to see Colonial Downs back. Uh, Colonial Downs is a, is a track uh, who, of course, uh, really highlights turf racing. So I. As a lover of turf racing as a, and as someone who loves to handicap turf racing, uh, it's great to have the, uh, the uh, suburban Rich, uh, Richmond uh, track back this year. They're, they're back. Like you said, it's not a long meet, but uh, a lot of good turf racing. This, I guess, would be their centerpiece of the meet, the Virginia Derby, and they got a field of nine. Um, the horse I like, the horse I think who really makes a lot of sense, is uh, Tracksmith. He's trained by Joe Sharp. 
And uh, he's come back with a, another, a couple really solid races as a three-year-old on the grass. He was a very good two-year-old. I just think he's, uh, he's a horse you can count on in this race. Uh, certainly he could get beat. There's several in here who could beat him. Uh, the other thing I do want to mention, though, Tracksmith, definitely my top pick in here, is cross-centered uh, at Saratoga. Uh, the same day, and I'm not sure which one he's leaning towards. I have a feeling it could be Virginia, uh, but uh, he's also entered in the Saranac at Saratoga during that Woodward card, so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But Trek Smith, if he runs in the Virginia Derby, I think he's a solid horse and a, a horse likely to run very well in there. All right. Again, we're talking with Brian Zipsy, uh, and uh, now I'm going to take him all the way out. Uh, to the West Coast. The uh, race has been run for a long time, and it usually uh, uh, it, it brings about fillies uh, uh, that uh, are going to have a future. And, you know, it, it's so hard because the majority of the horses in here probably only have one start. So, obviously, it's, it's another step forward. Now, you do have a graded stakes winner in Comical uh, who won the Schuylerville at Saratoga. Doug O'Neill ships the horse all the way east, catches a muddy track, and uh, she jumps up and, and wins. And then goes back to Del Mar in the Sereno, six furlong affair, and just put in a clunker. And, uh, you know, it was beat by a horse, powerful attraction, uh, that ran second in the Sereno. Uh, the, the winner's not back in here. So this makes for an interesting race trying to separate them. And, and another one of the lightly raced horses, though, that... Uh, had really improved in its second start in blinkers was, I'm going to blow this, Lua Cathia. Oh, I, I was going to pronounce it completely different. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> You're probably y- right, y- so say it whatever you want. Not, no, I, I think I think maybe you're the one who's right, but who knows? I, I haven't seen either of her races. Uh, of course, they were both maiden races. She's a chestnut daughter of midshipman, and uh, yeah, Leukothea. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm, I'm doing my best. Leukothea uh, had all kinds of trouble out here in Kentucky. She ran a maiden special weight back in, uh, I believe, the July 4th holiday and uh, never really got into the race. But it, that's kind of a, tra- a line through it type of performance because she really did have trouble, uh, as the running line suggests. And then she went to Del Mar and they dropped her down into maiden claiming, although it was 62,500. So I have a feeling they weren't too worried about somebody snatching her up. I wouldn't read too much into the fact that it was a claiming race. And she really ran a hole in the wind. Uh, she opened up 15 early in the stretch. She, she ended up winning by 14 and a half. Fastest race I've seen a two-year-old run out at Del Mar this year. Uh, so uh, it happened in a female maiden claiming race. So uh, you know it was uh, something out of the ordinary. And I, I think... You know, looking at this field, you just you just don't know. Like you said, there's every horse in the race has uh, big dreams, or, or at least their connections to of uh, of good things. And there's a lot of horses who could be in here. You know, you got the Bafferts, and and, and you mentioned Comical, who who uh, was on the rail and ran into a Malfi Sunrise, who is the best hero filly in California right now. She's not in here, like you mentioned. So, if you want to take a flyer on somebody, Comical. Uh, might uh, you might have really good odds this time and, uh, with so many horses who look promising. But my top pick is the horse that neither of us are sure how to pronounce. That's Lucothea coming <laughs> off that monster win 
uh, just a few weeks ago in that Baden claiming event. But uh, forget the claiming. Look at the time. Look at the way she won. Uh, I think she is uh, anything but a claimer, and I think she's the most likely winner of the Del Mar debutante, John. And this is an exciting time of the year with the Del Mar debutante, the hopeful, the spin away, the Del Mar, Der- uh, Del Mar Derby, all these good young two-year-olds. The sky's the limit with the potential, and we could be looking at future superstars right here, right now, right uh, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we may be. I was going to get my racing manual out to kind of reel off the impressive list of uh, uh, fillies that have won this race. Uh, and instead, I got stopped and started reading a story about how Bill Shoemaker won it six times. But <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to kind of figure out how, how many times Baffert, because this looks like a ho- horse race that would be right up Baffert's sleeve, you know. Uh, you know, speedy two-year-old fillies, uh, a daughter, uh, a great daughter, a tappet. Um <laughs> You know, so I stellar sound with Mike Smith up, even though it didn't come near the speed figure of uh, Lucothia, um, is going to have <laughs> one to be reckoned with just because of its connections. But uh, either way, Brian, hey, it has been way too long. I got your number again now. I, I, I found a way to unblock, uh, to get through the unblock thing that you had on my number. So I oh, will boy. be reaching out to you more as we uh as we get into breeders cup season sound fair sounds good nine weeks to go uh john i i assume i'll be on before the breeders cup again and i look forward to it my friend all right brian zipsy with us we're going to take a quick break and we come back uh it's going to be like deja vu all over again it wasn't that long since we had byron king but since then i see that he's taken on the mantle of uh, odds maker and a kind of a uh, uh, overview handicapper uh, down at dueling grounds. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we come back. I'm going to go from Brian to Byron. So if I blow any names, please forgive me. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in. 
at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, as as stated before the break, back again with me, Byron King. He's a freelance turf writer, publicist, handicapper. He's based in Louisville, but uh, now he's uh, creating the Kentucky Downs morning line odds and analyzing the stakes races as part of the Run Happy Meets publicity team. And he couldn't be surrounded by better people, including one of my favorites, I think it's seven-time Eclipse Award winner Jenny Reese. But either way, right now with us, he's wearing a wide-brimmed brown hat, and he's singing the song, I am happy, because it's the run happy meet. You know, is, is like Farrell going to be playing uh, after the races or anything, you know? I, I have no idea on that one, but uh, run happy, I tell you, uh, Tim McAvale, his, who, of course, raced him, uh, has been really promoting him. He was, he was front and center at Saratoga last uh, weekend, and now Kentucky Downs. So, boy, he's, uh, he's doing all he can to showcase his ex-race horse, who's now a stallion. So, um, the run happy he made at Kentucky Downs. I pray he makes it because, uh, you know, mattress sales must be up because, as you know, you know, advertising and uh, taking up, uh, you know, the the, uh, widespread national, uh, you know, effort that he's had in promoting his horse is just awesome. I I think I was watching TVG and it was run happy everywhere last weekend. I mean, uh, but hey, more power to him. I wish more people would uh, invest in it because the tracks use the money wisely and he gets the publicity. So uh, good for Mattress Mac. And I hope the horse makes it. So Yes, and I found a little story long. uh, One of my, I bought, uh, I bought furniture from Mattress Mac long ago in the small world uh, discussion uh, when I worked at Sam Houston. He was a part owner in Sam Houston when it opened 25 years ago. So uh, wow. it's come full circle. So. You don't look that old that you were down there 25 years You know, ago. I buy furniture when I'm like five, you know. That's the way <laughs> I roll. That's right. Start with the cradle. Uh, yeah, Mattress Max makes he makes good ones. So so anyhow, so you're you're, you're down there in Franklin County. You know where you, where you work down there? Are there like a lot of dudes like walking around holding a gun, looking for a duel. <laughs> well, I, I I can't say that I've seen that, but if I did, I would take off running the other way. Uh, so um, you know, I'm uh, a fighter. I'm not so. Uh, uh, I tend to avoid those situations. But, you know, of course, as you mentioned with that, you know, the Kentucky Downs was originally called Dueling Grounds, and that's because, at least uh, in part, uh, years and years ago, they used to have duels there. And um, 
you know, back whenever the heck that time frame was in, in uh, U.S. history. But it's a unique little place right on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee. And, in fact, if you're driving from Tennessee into Kentucky, there is a rest stop uh, literally right at the border where if you pull off, you have this great backstretch view of the track, and uh, it's really pretty cool. So, um, fortunately, I've always been at the races rather than at the rest rest stop to see a race live from there, but it's a, it's a very cool view. It really is, and I have touted this track forever on this show, and I just tell people, please, put it on your bucket list. You got to go there. I know you always hear the European style racetrack, but it it's it's something to see. It's a, I, I guess the easiest way to be is kind of like as if a pear was lying on its side, and and the 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 fatter end or the bigger end was to to your left where horses are you know coming around the turn heading for home. But the what you got to really appreciate, and you can kind of see it on camera, is the. Uh, uh, undulating course because the horses almost disappear when they go downhill a little bit and some of the races we'll be talking about tonight um people don't realize that after they break from the gate like in a lot of the miles in one mile uh 70 yards um they actually tilt to the right before they make that big swoop and kind of go down and the stretch seems to never end. I don't know how many races I would have won if the eighth pole was the finish line. And I think they actually do use two separate cameras. They need two pan cameras to shoot the stretch run there. I think you're correct, uh, unless they change it out this year. Of course, naturally, we haven't seen any uh, races televised yet at the meet, but that's what they used to do, and uh, that was the case. You know, Of course, the, the stretch is so long, I want to say it's probably, oh, you know, most stretches are about three-sixteenths of a mile, and a really long one like a Churchill Downs is about a quarter of a mile. Uh, and this has got to be longer than that. I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but I would say it's a good two and a half, three furlongs probably. Uh, you know, or it sure seems like it. But um, you're right. It can seem like it goes on for a long, long way. And yeah. um, I really respect the announcers there. I think, you know, John Lee's uh, called the, the races for many years, and now Michael Rona is going to call it. And to me... I think this is one of the most challenging racetracks to call, and also because of where they have uh, the announcer's booth in the, the press area is a very low perspective. You're not up very high, and then you, you throw in this long stretch, and as you mentioned, the, you know, the undulating nature and the, the, the curves, and wow. I'm just so glad we've had some good announcers there over the years because they sure uh, make it easier to follow. Well, luckily, they've got a good odds maker this year, and we're talking to him right now in Byron King. And, uh, you know, one last thing to comment on before we get into these races is you really want riders that have ridden this course. Uh, I think it, that's why it benefits the the, 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 the Frenchies so much. It seems like uh, Florent Giroux and, and Julian Le Peru always have standout meets because, you know, they, they started out with that European feel. And, and a lot of American riders have never ridden uphill 
which that whole stretch we've been talking about is at a slight angle uphill. So you've got to really get your horse relaxed and save it because uh, those two final furlongs are grueling. So, you know, keep an an eye on the jocks there and the jocks that have, have been successful before. And one thing I did in handicapping is horses for course. If there ever was a course that you wanted a horse to be successful at before, you want to find them, uh, in here today, like I, I believe that uh, somebody that did the stakes review uh, found Stave, uh, who uh, ran a, a very good third here last year and an op- optional claimer after getting shuffled back. This horse seems like it's it's kind of changed his whole running style. We're talking about the one dreamer. I'm talking about the handicapper whose pics are posted on the Kentucky Downs website. His name's Byron King, by the way. Uh, and uh, anyhow, you know, this horse, Larry Jones, uh, uh, trained Stave. The horse has had success before. But I, I don't know how to explain how he changed his horse's running style from late 2018 to this year because uh, she really seems like she's transitioned to being, you know, a, a pace chaser. Yes, she did come from off the pace a lot more last year. Of course, her bell runs uh, when she won at Churchill and King last year was when she was within striking distance. And I think they probably decided, you know, let's not go back to <clears throat> what worked. And they've had a collective campaign with her. Uh, she, she won her final start of last year. And then this year, she was in the exact in her first three races before running a close fifth in the preview for this, the Kentucky Downs Preview Ladies Turf at Ellis Park. And that was a disappointing run, even though she was only beaten three and a quarter lengths. And I'm hopeful that, you know, that was just a little off day for her, and I'm glad she's capable of better, because I think her viewed her in her form in its entirety, I think she's an appealing prospect in here. And I'm hoping that, the fifth place finished last time will take some of the shine off her. She was favored that day, and now I think you're looking more at a price in the six to one range, which to me makes her uh, a value play. Absolutely, and uh, I believe the horse you, you liked in second is probably the horse I like in first, and that is Lamari with uh, Florent Jaroux up. Uh, Brad Cox trainee that's been facing you know some tough company in its last two races for sure, but was beaten by Hanale Moon, if I'm saying that right, who's also in the field today, well, Saturday. Yes, and Lamari is a horse that very much deserves to be favored, and she is a very high-class horse who has had a couple miscues at the break in her last two that has caused her to have a slow start, and I think that compromised her. Um, what concerns me is when a horse does that more than once, um, sometimes it's a habit. Uh, as opposed to one time, I'm kind of willing to give them the pass, but when they do it twice consecutively, it uh, gives me a little bit of nervousness. But she is a very talented horse and normally runs up close to the pace and has been having to come from off of it in her last two due to those poor starts. Well, 
again, looking back through her Kentucky Downs experience, hasn't had it yet, but Florent Giroux has. So uh, that's probably a trade-off. That was the uh, one dreamer, quarter million dollars, mile and 70 yards. Don't forget, I don't have to tell you that they're on the turf because everything is on the turf at Kentucky Downs thus the European-style stamp. Let's move on now to the Tour Smile. By the way, listeners, um, every field's a full field. If you want value, you don't have to go far, you know, and there's going to be so many people betting into this pool. You can make a big bet, and you're not going to hurt the odds at all. So I just wanted to give uh, that reminder in there. Uh, Again, speaking of Florent Giroux, uh, in the Tour Smile, uh, he rides next shares who won a stake at Kentucky Downs at a mile and 70. This race is at a mile uh, last year. So uh, it kind of puts him as a one to watch. And, it's, you know, they, they say you can measure every horse's best distance with a yardstick. And this horse loves a mile on the turf. And he is the horse I like in here. I, even though he has been unplaced in his last three starts, this is a horse that has been running in grade one company, really, really good races, the Pegasus World Cup Turf, the Turf Classic on Derby Day at Churchill Downs, the Frank Kilroy at Santa Anita, and even won the grade one Shadwell Turf Mile last year after he won at Kentucky Downs. And I was there for his race at Kentucky Downs, and it was outstanding. I mean, he won by a Lincoln three quarters and quite honestly he was far more dominant than that margin of victory it was an outstanding performance and i think if he can repeat that kind of effort they're all running for second Um, but certainly his form has some question marks to it and um but he looks like he's training very well he's had two consecutive bullet workouts and when a horse comes off the bench and a 750 $1,000 race such as the Tourist Mile, I tend to not think they're going to give them one. They're going for the money, and um, so the layoff does not bother me in the least. Very good. I know your uh, second selection that I read on the Kentucky Downs uh, website was Hembry, and again, a horse that has experience uh, at Kentucky Downs, uh, one uh, last year in an optional claimer, so it's one for one over the course. Gets Tyler Gaffleoni up, and uh, what I like again probably be the best place bet of the day. This horse, for some reason, <laughs> thirteen starts at the distance on the turf, has finished second eight times. Yes, and that is the critique, and that's why I have him in second. It's a, it's a position <laughs> that has been all too common for him. Last year was a bit different. He had four wins last year, only one second. So, man, everything other than 2018, he's, he's really racked up the seconds. Um, and that has applied this year. He was second in three consecutive races, the opening verse, the poker, and the forbidden apple. Two of those were graded races. Last time he was sixth in the four-star day of a grade one at Saratoga. So he's been keeping some very good company. As you mentioned, he is a winner over the Kentucky Downs course. And he also has Mike Maker in his corner. And Mike Maker is the winningest trainer in Kentucky Downs history. He is uh, a very skilled turf trainer and has a lot of tour horses in his stable. This is a meet he points for. 
And so there is a lot to like about Hembry, with that exception of the second-itis. All right. Let's get into the baby races. Uh, is this time of year where, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to test them a little bit more? And there's so much upside uh, in, in the field uh, for the uh, Exacta Systems Juvenile Philly. And uh, I, I know that uh, you're leaning a little bit towards, guess what? A Philly trained by Mike Maker, Sunset Promise. That's correct. I think this is a horse that could slip through the cracks a little bit and be a nice price. I think I believe I have this horse at five to one on the uh, morning line, and I think might even be higher than that. Reason being is this is a horse that was plugged out of a maiden claiming race, maiden fifty thousand dollar race at Gulfstream in May. And there's a tendency, I think, by handicappers to downgrade or view a horse as not classy enough when they're running in a stakes race when they once ran for a tag. But Mike Maker is a trainer who has developed many claiming horses and turned them into graded winners. Uh, you can go through the big hoss and, and all yeah. kinds of horses like that. And, and it's amazing and remarkable. And he looks like he has made a very nice claim with this horse. It began with a second for him, first time for him after running third on debut. And then he stretched it out to a route at one by four and a quarter lengths at Gulfstream. And so now he's kept it uh, just pretty much idle because there aren't a lot of two-turn stakes races for a, uh, a horse such as this until this time of year. Uh, or I should say a mile kind of stakes race. This is going to be only around kind of like one turn given the configuration of Kentucky Downs. But I think this horse just might slip past the public a little bit. Clearly it's a contentious race, and there are other horses in here that have a strong chance as well. But I like the upside to this horse, and I, I like the, the winning history of, of the barn. Again, to remind our listeners, you've got to look at this field. I mean, if if you're looking for a chance to take a shot at a long shot, they're in here somewhere because, you know, uh, you got a full field of two-year-olds uh, that, uh, you know, have so much promise and potential. Uh, you, you know, I'm looking down on the rail at Ask Bailey. Um, oh, a Mike Maker trainee uh, who's one for one at the distance on the grass. Um, and then you've got uh, also Jezebel's Kitten. By a nice sire, leading sire in North America last year, Kittens Joy, who just excel on the grass, trained by a guy that we can no longer call an up-and-comer because he's already been here, uh, Brad Cox, one-for-one uh, one at the distance. And let's not forget, uh, well, of course, uh, the horse Byron likes uh, is one-for-one, one, Sunset Promise, and uh, Lemon Scat. Got to give a look at this one, a Lemon Drop Kid Philly, uh, trained by Dale Romans that had a nice wake-up call last time out. So you're going to get a lot of value at Kentucky Downs, and hopefully uh, we gave you some insight into the Exacta Systems Juvenile Phillies. And with that said, I don't want to miss the Gainsway Farm Juvenile, the farm that stands the outstanding stallion Tappet. And... Uh, in here, uh, I got the th Brian D J Byron. We've got <laughs> three you minutes. You just to had close. a Brian on, so I understand, John. I, I knew understand. it was going to happen. I, 
I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Anyhow, and uh, we got this we got, race is interesting, John. If I could interrupt you for just a moment, pal, I just wanted anytime. to inform your your listeners too that this race has a couple key scratches. Our country, who was the the seven to two morning line favorite, ended up running at Saratoga on Wednesday, and so we'll be coming out of this race. And Doc Boy apparently is also going to be scratched. So. Uh, we're going to have a couple horses drawing in from the also eligible list. So that's going to cause some of us to have to reshuffle our initial uh, picks in the way we might have been leaning. Yes. Now, does this move you to Peace Achieved, who I know uh, you liked behind our country? That is correct. It does move me to Peace Achieved. I, I really like the fact that Peace Achieved, when he added blinkers last time for yeah. the first time, he just showed a lot more speed and romped by six and three-quarter lengths at Ellis Park. That was a powerful performance and rates as one of the faster efforts in the field. I think he seems to be on the improved, ton of pedigree, ton of ability to go a distance. And let's not discount those Ellis Park horses. I believe last year there were four juveniles from the Ellis Park meet that went on to win grade one stakes this year, which is pretty amazing, or grade one stakes since uh, that meet, I should say. So Peace Achieved is my choice in there with our country uh, having run in the with anticipation on Wednesday at Saratoga and therefore coming out of this race. Oh, fantastic. Well, again, you know, you got a kitten's joy in there, trained by Mike Maker. Uh, are you kidding me? Love the name of the horse. Coming in from a win off Saratoga. Uh, nothing wrong with taking a look at this horse. And uh, But again, listeners, every race, full field, you're on the grass, anything can happen. Get out your handy-dandy super pedigree book. Uh, you know, you got no handy-dandy super pedigree book? Well, you can get one from the Marx Brothers if you want. But, uh, you know, you, you really got to – there's so many different angles you can take. There's so many different ways you can make money. But one way is by going to Kentucky Downs' website and seeing who Byron King likes, in my opinion. Well, that's very kind. And also, it's beyond uh, whatever advice I may give that hopefully can put person on a few winners. Kentucky Downs has a very better-friendly uh, gambling uh, takeout system there. For example, these four races we just talked about, these four stakes are linked in a pick four, and the takeout is only 14% for wow. that. So most tracks for a pick four would have a takeout in the 20s, you know, 22%, 23%. So that means more money returned to the winners, and you really have to appreciate that. You absolutely do. Well, I appreciate you being on the show with us, Byron. And again, keep an eye out for those guys dressed in black walking around with, with, a, with a great big pistol in their hands, okay? I will. I will. I will be on my best behavior and avoid that. All right. Say hi to Jenny for me. It's been a great being with you, Byron. I appreciate it. All right, John. Thank you, sir. All right. I also want to thank Brian Zipsy for being with us. And I want to thank you for being a listener. I want to remind you it's Labor Day weekend. Take a couple days off, kick back, play the ponies, and pull down those easy win forms from winning ponies. I'm John Engelhart, and I am out of here. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.